Hi, this is Richard Bassery. Welcome to Korosi Indonesia Podcast. I want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad and excited that you are here. Because this podcast is designed for you, our Indonesia Corrosion community, wherever you are. Please do check our website at naceindonesia.org. And if you have comments and feedback, please write an email to nace at naceindonesia.org. And now, here is your host, Richard Bastery and co-host, Sina Sulaima. Hi, welcome to Koroshi Indonesia Podcast. I am Richard Basri and together with my friend and co-host. Muhammad Sina Sulaiman. We have a fun and educated show for you today. In um, <clears throat> today's episode, we are going to talk about materials and corrosion during design or project stage with our guests. Maybe I should call Mbak Dian. Ekawati. She is the Materials and Corrosion Engineer at PP Indonesia. She will introduce uh, herself uh, further in our podcast. But uh, first, I'm very excited today because this is our second episode for Corrosion Indonesia. And then the second episode uh, also to conduct in English. Um, we do this podcast, uh, I think, because we would like to introduce our NACE Indonesian section to other NACE members. In NACE, we call EAPA, East Asia, and Pacific region. Maybe, Pasina, you uh, know more about EAPA region? You want to tell a little bit about EAPA region? Yeah, I think the uh, information that I receive is not too much different with you, uh, Parikat. Yeah, uh, NES Indonesia is part of uh, NES EAPA. I think the, we have the the, the main headquarters in uh, Kuala Lumpur, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, we, we the, so, yeah, as part of the regional, we are trying to sharing uh, as much as possible information that we have, also sharing knowledge, something like that. Okay, and I think the countries is including all the Southeast Asia countries, yeah, such as Malaysia, yes. Philippines, yes. Vietnam, Singapore, Thailand. Okay. Yes. So other than that, um, other than our podcast, we also have uh, another program such ETGD. I think we just had uh, another TGD last week, and also uh, we have Bintaro. We call it Bincang Santai Korosi. Our website is uh, www.naceindonesia.org. You can go there. We uh, exchange all the information related to corrosion. And also you can write to us through email in that website or at nace at naceindonesia.org. Okay. All right. Let's start our today episode, uh, Corrosion Indonesia Today. And then we welcome our guests. Hello, Badian. How are you? Hi, Richard. Hi, hi, Masina. Uh, I'm doing good. So thank you for inviting me in this podcast. I'm really excited to share the experience. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I think 
once uh, badian start to speak the the aura is become different ya Richard ya. Yeah yeah it's a lot of flower. Lot of flower Oke. Oke. We we uh, as I mentioned today it's about material selection and the design phase. Maybe mm-hmm. I will uh, tell a little bit the background. So the material selection uh, is to defi- uh, usually the material selection material selection is to define the minimum requirement for uh, projects and during the constructions. So the material of constructions uh, shall be evaluated during front end design and revised to def- and revised to reflect any change in the process or service condition. All changes to the material of construction shall be approved by project materials and corrosion engineers such as Badian. And the selection of material in the project will be based on the process condition and corrosion concentration during operation. So that is the uh, background of the why we conduct material selection in the project phase. But uh, maybe before we go uh, deeper, but Jan, uh, mm-hmm. maybe can you introduce yourself other than name, you know, already your name, maybe you, uh, more about your education and your work experience. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Um, yeah, I think you, you already um, provided a brief introduction about the matter selection. So before we, before we have further discussion about this, I would like to introduce a little bit background of myself. I, I studied metallurgy and materials engineering in University of Indonesia. I graduated in 2008 and straight after that I joined with ExxonMobil as a corrosion engineer. So it was my first job. Uh, but at that time I worked in a production facility and I look after the pipeline integrity. So it was uh, managing an asset Uh, and I worked for about two years in that pipeline and moved to the project. So this is the first time I um, I, I came into the project world. So uh, if you are familiar with the Banyu Uri project, uh, so at that time, back in 2011, 10-11, uh, I joined with the project team in ExxonMobil And at that time, the phase or the stage of the project is uh, just about taking the EPC, uh, Engineering Procurement and Construction Phase. And I was in the EPC one. we call it, that's for the uh, production uh, facility. Uh, and I worked uh, in Banyuri project for about three years and plus. And then I moved to BP in 2014 and join with the project team for Tangu Expansion Project. In 2014, we were still in a pre-feed uh, stage. Uh, feed is the front-end engineering design. And then uh, we kick off the feed in 2015 for a year. Uh, the method at that time is a dual feed competition. So I was in the one, um, we call it feed embedded team. And then in 2016, August, about four years ago. Uh, I think today or yesterday, probably like uh, four years back um, in the EPC for this uh, Tango expansion project. Then until now, we are still uh, working together to finish the project. Uh, we are now in the construction, more to the construction phase at, at this time. 
uh, yeah, I think that's that's a, a little bit background of my career uh, in a project as a materials engineer. Okay, thank you. Okay, so the next question will be from me. So I think we have mentioned that our topic is about the material selection in the design phase. Uh, <clears throat> but I think as uh, I understand that the material selection is not only performed during the design phase. It, it they already started already started from the uh, like from the conceptual phase from feed and go on continue until the construction phase yeah. uh yes uh, and then uh, i just would like to know uh, what what is the why why it is important to to perform the material selection and uh, yeah i mean what is the the objective itself to to perform the material selection yeah uh yeah masina so as you mentioned before that in the project, probably uh, people is questioning, like one of my friends, uh, he, he's still asking me, what are you doing now? And I said, I'm still with uh, Tango Expansion Project. And he's wondering like, um, like four years and you haven't finished. I think, I think in the project, if you are building um, from the beginning until yes. the end, it will take... Yes like uh years so yeah. and then the, the, the project will have a different stage uh with the different um it's very dynamic and you will have uh i mean different challenges as well so when we talk about the material selection uh it always develops from the conceptual and then moving to the feed and then epc so I would like to give the analogy, let's say you want to draw an animal. So at the beginning, yeah. you only have a limited information. So for example, yeah. um, I want to have, uh, I mean, this animal will have like four legs, but the four legs yeah. can be anything. I mean, it can be elephant, it can be tiger or et cetera. But uh, when you are moving to the uh, next stage, you will get uh, better clarity uh, about the, uh, in this case, is the project about the about the materials. So, for example, in the conceptual, the information that you have is all about the reservoir, the process condition, and then uh, the scope the scope of the project itself for example this is uh, oil or gas and then moving to the as well as well as the the budget uh, about this project and then moving to the next stage you you start to develop uh, the specification and then mm -hmm. uh, moving to the detailed design and 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 towards to the uh, EPC uh, procurement and then also the construction. So uh, normally for the material selection in the design stage or uh, let's start from the feet, the front end engineering design, we will have what we call it like material design basis memorandum or the uh, material philosophy. So this is our framework or our guidance oh. to work with. So this is um, 
because as a materials engineer, you can design whatever you want if you don't have the guidance. But since you have yeah. this, uh, the framework, the the limitation, or what you should uh, consider about this, uh, this is this is more more convenient for us. And also, uh, this material selection is very important um, because, as you know, that every project is unique. Uh, we cannot really uh, compare uh, one project to because it, it's very uh, uh, it depends on the on the condition of the project itself. Yes, and also th there is something that you you have to divide uh, about the technical uh, aspect and also the non-technical aspect that sometimes as an engineer you cannot really control it. For example, uh, the current condition uh, with the pandemic. I think for Tango exp expansion project, we are in a, a very good position um, because you can imagine if the project is still in a uh, pre-fit or in a fit, uh, it may change the, the strategy of the project itself. But since we are in the um, closing to the construction, yeah, I mean, we have to finish this project uh, in a, even though we have this uh, pandemic situation. So something like that will, uh, it may impact also uh, the the progress of the project, but uh, the good thing is from the uh, technical or materials point of view, I think we almost uh, finished uh, with the uh, defining all the materials. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, if you ask why it is important, I think I think this is uh, very important as a guidance or a framework for us. Because every time we have an issue, we have to go back to our uh, material selection or material philosophy. So, okay. Uh, I think I'm interested with the, your information uh, before about the, for each stage of the project, uh, the information, uh, th th there are uh, limitation of available information. So, mm -hmm. so basically, to do the framework, what uh, information uh, you need to be considered uh, for that? Okay, uh, so so before we go further, um, because so far my experience, I think I would like to limit the, the scope in our discussion today. So the matter selection that I will share, um, this is about the upstream topside facility because that, that's my, my experience. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, and I, and uh, it is quite different when when you are in the feed and also and and when you are in the EPC because in 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 the EPC most of the information uh, the study uh, you already uh, have it while in the in the feed sometimes you are still waiting for the information or the study to be finished so okay. you can see most of the uh, materials of construction in the data sheet may be filled with, with TBA or TBC, so you have to make an yeah. assumption. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, when you ask about the, the, the information, I think as a material engineer, what we need is uh, first and foremost is the process condition, because that, that's really the basis for, for us to start with. The process condition, uh, we have to consider um, during normal operation or uh, the upset condition. Uh, 
that that that's also uh, important. So we can uh, consider because it's not it's. I think the, uh, one of the interesting uh, for me being a materials engineer is like. Um, is it, is it, is it, this is hard question every time I I got uh, a query from my friend like uh, I have this material is it good or is it bad or can I uh, do uh, can I use this in 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 the in the system I cannot I cannot give a straight answer yes or no because I have uh, to have full information about what do you want so um, yeah. it is probably. Uh, a bit. Uh, uh, I think I think my colleagues who work with me they already knew how I work. But uh, if it is a, a new person, they may feel annoyed because I'm asking you a question. Why are you ask asking me back? <laughs> because yeah, in yeah, order, yeah. yeah. Because in order to yeah. to give a, a thorough decision, we need to see yeah. from from every aspect. We cannot just say that uh, the temperature is okay, but how about the other uh, uh, condition for environment. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's it's almost touching the the next question that um, when we do material selection, of course we are consider the damage mechanism that already mentioned by you during uh, you know during the discussions. So actually, when we know that this material is going to be corrode like in mm -hmm. our language and then if you have a magic wand and then you can pull it to the uh, feed phase what mm -hmm. factors that we need to think about in order to minimize this damage mechanism when later uh, the plan already in operations yeah yeah uh, uh, that's a good uh, question Richard so um, I think my question will be it the first uh back to the very first question about the importance of material selection or ma material philosophy uh it's it depends on the philosophy uh so each company or each project uh they may have slightly different uh philosophy when they uh come to the materials for example um we can we we when we pick on we, when we select the materials we know What's the threat? What's the uh, degradation mechanism to these materials? So, uh, as a materials engineer, of course, I want to give uh, the best uh, from the materials perspective. But I know uh, the philosophy or the um, my framework. I cannot uh, I cannot recommend to use that materials because of another issue such as probably the, um, the availability of the materials, yes. uh, the cost. Maybe the cost. Yeah, the cost, yes. yeah. And, and I think, you know, Richard, uh, working in a project, we always fight with the cost, schedule, um, yep, and, and, and quality. Yeah, so uh, uh, for on, on that case, uh, back to the philosophy on the material selection, uh, because I've been in a project where we do not want to mitigate the corrosion, the external corrosion issue with coatings. So, hence, we have to change the grade of the materials. We have to, for example, uh, uh, selecting 
uh, the next grade of the materials. And there is a limitation I understand about the, the temperature. When uh, I give an example about the chloride stress corrosion cracking in external condition, in external environment. So um, th there is a way to mitigate if we pick the materials who sus uh, which are susceptible to this kind of threat. But uh, back to the philosophy, if you do not want to change, uh, to, to use this uh, coating, because you have to maintain or you have to do a fabric maintenance for the coating, then you have to uh, change your material. So that's, uh, uh, that's why I said that it depends on the philosophy, it depends on the, the, the project specification or requirements. But uh, from, the, from the beginning, of course we want, because the, when, you, when you build a project, you have to think about the uh, a cost, uh, life cycle cost issue, the, the, how you can benefit from this project from the economic uh, perspective. So you, you will start with the carbon steel first. That's very standard or ba basic, uh, but carbon steel uh, has limitation. You have to put uh, the corrosion allowance, of course, the um, internal or, uh, or external protection to that carbon steel. And then if uh, you think that this is still not sufficient, then you have to uh, think about how about uh, if it is more to an internal uh, threat, carbon steel plus cladding with the CRA materials. But if there is a restriction again on that uh, uh, selection, then uh, you can think about uh, using the solid CRA. So we, we have to consider uh, the option uh, by uh, the process condition, of course, and then the design life of the facility. The availability of the materials. I, I can I can uh, define uh, good materials, the correct technical materials. But if the material is not available, then what's the point? Also about the uh, the spare or the interchangeability. Yeah, and also the fabrication, uh, construction. Welding. Uh, yes. There's a lot of a lot of uh, issue about about that one. If I can share a little bit, when I just uh, joined with the project, I didn't know. Uh, I mean, this is very very beginning, and then uh, I was challenged by my contractor at that time. Uh, he asked me, so we know that this 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 project is a is a sour uh, environment, mm. and then we asked mm. one of the requirement is you have to use the uh, nice carbon steel um, mm. for this sour environment. Mm. But in our uh, design basis, we ask that that uh, uh, we call it like nice uh, carbon steel, not mm. only for the sour system, because in, in that plan, we have the sour and also we have non-sour or dry mm. uh, system. But mm. the project design, the design basis memorandum asked to uh, have all of the carbon steel in the plan mm. as a nice carbon steel. And my contractor mm. challenged me, like, why you, you why you ask this? Because you know that in this system, in this utility or uh, dry system, this is really uh, non-sour, this is non-corrosive. Why I have to use nice carbon steel? And I didn't know the answer because I think technically it, it is valid. It is reasonable. Yeah. I think I can give relaxation. But when I discussed mm -hmm. with my 
technical lead, uh, I was uh, receive an advice. This is not from the technical perspective, but this is from the constructability. So the issue, uh, because we have uh, so many grades of materials, um, mm -hmm. and then what happened if the materials arrive at site, and then uh, yes, we have the materials management how to put or how to identify the materials, but still there's a risk. So we talk about the risk here, risk of mix up the materials, the names, uh, carbon steel, and then the no names carbon steel. And we also have, for example, the low temperature, uh, low temperature carbon steel, the LTCS and non LTCS. So uh, of course the contractors say that they can manage uh, the, the materials at site, but uh, yeah. in reality, it creates risk. And 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 I think uh, you you will uh, pay more when you have mix uh, mixing issue of the materials at site because of course it will impact also this, the schedule of the project. So that's why yeah. um, we have to consider this uh, this risk as well in the beginning. So that's 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 the answer. And then uh, starting from that point, I I, I realized that you just not talking about the technical but also the non-technical aspect so something like that uh have to be considered when you are uh writing the material selection and 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 the most important thing also is about the operation and, and maintenance uh there is a joke uh one time because i started my my work in the uh, production or operation uh, uh -huh. so I was dealing with the leaking and uh, I think Richard uh, knows better about this yeah. <laughs> my friend told me that if you are designing the plan very very well uh, mm -hmm. what then your friend will do in the operation but that's always <laughs> a joke because, because you will not build a gold plated uh, materials uh, yeah. in a project so there is always a maintenance uh, activity that you have to do uh, in the operations and and you have to think about how uh, uh, the operations will maintain this will inspect uh, the materials yeah yeah because I believe the every company has the uh, like a program like a facility integrity management system yes yeah. I think I think now I understand why in the material selection is define the minimum requirements because you know, as long as we can meet the minimum, it's it's already fulfilled the fit for purpose. But obviously, from your conversation, we can certainly upgrade into you know a CRA material. But you know, what's what's the point to 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 do that? There is a lot of consideration that you already mentioned about design, cost, manufacturing, uh, welding, and everything. Uh, so yeah, I think I understand. Th thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. There's also yeah, there's also an element that sometimes people um uh as I said that every project is unique, it depends where you are uh working with the government regulation. Because sometimes you can find that uh it's a different uh regulation when you are working in Indonesia or in other uh country because of this regulation. So you have to respect with, with this regulation as well. Okay. Pasina, your turn. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I think 
uh, related with your job with the operation team. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, no, I haven't involved uh, directly to the operation, so I'm just curious uh, because we have like a green field, which is the yeah. new the new facility that we develop, and also we have like a brown field for the uh, facility that already in operation. So mm-hmm. I would like to know, uh, is there any difference in doing the the work for material selection between those uh, different type of uh, project? Okay, so uh, the greenfield and uh, brownfield project, I think in terms of the material selection or the way we work, uh, in principle, there should be no difference. Uh, the 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 method or the the way we uh, we do the matter selection should be the same, but again uh, depends on the on the design basis of the project itself, and we have to understand what's the scope of this this project. Um, yeah, so let's say that we have uh, we build the same scope uh, of the project, but uh, one project is a greenfield, a very uh, a new project, and then the other project. The other one is the brownfield project. So I think with the brownfield, we have um, uh, the advantage of having a brownfield uh, project is we have the experience or lesson learned, uh, which is uh, similar, and you have to consider um, uh, in your in your project uh, because that's also it's also important when you uh, design the, the materials. Uh, but the thing with the brownfield, uh, you have to think about uh, when you want to do the tie-in, what is the risk associated with uh, with with that activity, and also uh, as a designer or a materials uh, materials engineer, you have to think about the standardization. So let's say the the uh, the existing uh, plan um, already specified uh, the type of materials. And okay. uh, yeah, and when you build uh, uh, the next project uh, in the brownfield, you have to think about the standards. I mean, like because uh, normally the, the the operators or the operations uh, later on are already familiar with the uh, the existing uh, plan. Uh, so so yeah, so so in terms of the uh, spare or interchangeability, that will be more easier if you have the the standard uh, materials. However, in the greenfield, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's probably uh, you have more like like uh, freedom to, to choose. But again, you also have to think about uh, you have to consider about the future tie-in or expansion for the greenfield. Yeah. So you have to uh, to put it in your design as well. Mm. Yeah, but but in principle, the way we select the materials should be. Uh, yeah, I think um, you, you mentioned about standardization in the brownfield mm-hmm. project. So how about if the brownfield project and existing plan, uh, they are built in very different time when there's mm-hmm. already a lot of technology or advancement or improvement yeah. in terms of the material. Yeah. When you say standardization, then you say that we need to look to the existing project. But if the existing yeah. project material is 
is not better than the the, the new one. Is yeah. that you going to propose the improvement or still how how do you how do we deal with that? Because that's not in standardization then. Yes, correct. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain? Yeah. Yeah, I think you bring a good point, Richard. Uh, I I have to say this when we talk about the uh, one of the consideration of the mat when when you are selecting the material selection. So there's actually more than what I mentioned before. But one thing that we need to consider as well is about the technology risk. This is about the complexity, the the maturity of the technology itself. So of course, there's there's always be. Uh, the first time for everything. But uh, when we talk about uh, uh, the oil and gas project, we also do not want to be, um, you know, uh, the first, I mean, like, it's, it is not a trial and error. So we need to, to understand uh, about, the, about the risk when you want to apply a new thing or a new technology. Uh, when I said about the standardization, this is, uh, for the uh, for for example on the tubing or in the bulk materials for the valves so uh, if you believe that in there is like an improvement because I know that sometimes when I met with the vendor they will um, uh, uh, inform me about the new product yes but, yeah, yeah but you're right. need, yes but we need to to, to to be careful because sometimes, there's also uh, uh, what should I say? Like uh, if if we if we are happy with with the with the this is a little bit uh, conventional approach probably because if you are happy with uh, if we feel good about what I have now what why I have to why I have to change with something that uh, may introduce risk so. So first thing, I think we need to 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 assess the, the risk. What happen if I with, uh, with, with what happen if I use this? I think I I have an example of this one. So uh, probably this is uh, not uh, for the uh, bulk materials, but this is on the repair repair side. So we want to do a repair, and then uh, there is a, a proposal. To use uh, one of the repair methods that we have never uh, used before in in the company. Uh, so what what we should do is we need to check, uh, of course, from the uh, we we need to assess the risk from the technical whether this is acceptable or not. And after that, we need to check the experience of this uh, product or the or the repair method. If it is not in our uh, region or company, we need to check in the global or even in the other um, uh, companies or uh, community or society. Uh, that also applies for the, our contractors. So if we want to use the new materials or um, another uh, repair method, we need to, because our contractor basically, they are the one who uh, um, are doing this, this job uh, many times so they must have more experience so you need to check with them whether they are also familiar with this or not so something something like that i think uh the the the, the key here is every time you want to use the new improvement or technology you need to understand the risk so you cannot just uh, apply this uh, uh, 
because this is uh, better than you need to prove that this product is really better than uh, the previous or the existing. Yeah, it's very wise, like a management, yeah, Basia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not not a risk taker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in, yeah, I think uh, I think as one of my experience with uh, Budian also with Madian, I think in the greenfield there is a there's like a effort to to upgrade or to make a better like a learn from the what the existing uh, facility uh, yeah. if there something that we can upgrade or something like that yes uh, uh, so during the front end engineering design the feed before that uh, in fact we already had the list of the lesson learned but we know that it is uh, always Changing. I mean, it develops. But what happened when we are in the middle of uh, making uh, the equipment, and then uh, there is an alert, uh, and it it is applicable to our project. So um, again, I think I would say about uh, doing this risk because you you, you cannot just cancel um, cancel the your 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 order and then change. Because if if mm. if you are keep doing that, you will never finish your project. So when I said the risk, I think we need also to prioritize the risk itself. So first, you have to think about uh, is there any uh, safety issue of this yes. uh, alert or lesson learned? If it is really a safety, then yes, you have to stop and you have to change, uh, replace the material. But if it is not a safety issue, what is the uh, mitigation that you can do? Uh, so I know this doesn't sound good for our friends in operation, but that's what we uh, work. Uh, we have to transfer the risk to operation. That's that's the, the worst case if we cannot do uh, uh, or change the design in the project because it's already uh, late stage in the project. And also, uh, the second thing is uh, about the operability, whether you can mm. still operate that uh, equipment uh, or not. So um, normally, those two aspects about the risk, the safety and operability issue that you have to, uh, uh, to, to think or consider when you have an alert in the middle of uh, construction or uh, um, publication okay okay thank you very much um Badian, can you um from your experience can you tell us about um your experience in choosing materials in the project mm -hmm. from uh feed or from design perspective and then when you consider about corrosion and okay. then when you check the availability cost and then when you see it's construct operating and maybe if lucky the commissioning during you know you work can you like uh, tell yeah. us uh so i think this is Example. why i yeah <laughs> i think this is why i i i like to be in the project because it's very dynamic and then uh it's never boring because you always have a problem um from the beginning until uh, the end so 
uh, I would like to give a, a, a brief explanation how we select the materials. So normally in the feed, you will have this material philosophy or basis. And then uh, you will have the corrosion study uh, for your uh, plan uh, based on the input from the process condition. And uh, normally this corrosion study done by uh, the company, it can be BP, Exxon, Shell, or Total, or whatever the company it is, they have their in-house uh, simulation. And then from that corrosion study, uh, there will be a corrosion rate, like uh, it will define how severe your environment and it will lead you to decide whether you want to uh, use, let's say, carbon steel or CRA. Uh, and then from that, you will have more detailed uh, materials for each of these uh, systems for the equipment, piping, tank, etc. And I think we all know in, in, in oil and gas business, uh, especially uh, now I'm working with Tango Expansion Project, this is the uh, LNG project and the master selection is relatively straightforward. Uh, we use carbon steel, uh, low temp for the cryogenic, and then CRA materials if it is the environment is corrosive. Uh, and from from that, when you define uh, the materials uh, based on the, I mean, uh, considering all of the aspects in the uh, material selection philosophy, uh, and after that, you have to, uh, because again, of course, there is a, a threat off when you select the materials, uh, and most of our materials is carbon steel, so you have to uh, protect this carbon steel with it can be uh, chemicals, it can be uh, coating, and then there's the CP, uh, catalytic protection. Uh, and you have to identify uh, the, the threat uh, which will uh, lead you to this RBI, the, the risk based approach. And then uh, you will work with. Uh, with our operations team uh, to define this RBI or RBA. And after, after you have this, uh, that's, that's another side of the, of, the, uh, of the project. But when, when I have done with my material selection in the feed, and then I will go to the next stage, which is the uh, uh, de detail design, the EPC. This is where you make your uh, uh, design more detail. And also, this is the phase where you have to put all the paperwork into the real work. Uh, when you start engaging the procurement people to buy the material, so this is this is also important because uh, you will uh, engage with the vendors in the technical bit, the clarification. Yes, you can specify the materials and also the requirements in the project spec. Uh, and then you have to deal with this with this vendor uh, in the uh, uh, clarification, technical bit, etc. And after you you select the vendor, uh, there is the next uh, phase, which is the uh, 
the fabrication. So in the fabrication at shop, uh, we will start to uh, include our our uh, colleague from the quality to do the inspection, and we need to ensure that they are uh, uh, following our our spec. And after finish from the shop, then it will be transported to uh, to site because because uh, you are buying or purchasing the materials from all over the the world. Uh, there's always also a, an issue about uh, transporting this item, and and normally uh, you have to uh, consider this as well in the in the in the feed. For example, the tower uh, it's very uh, tall, and you have to think about uh, how to transport it uh, to our site, which is Tangu, uh, it's a very remote area. Sometimes you have to. Uh, you, you cannot install it all together and then uh, you have to put in a uh, like a, what you call it the like a marshalling yard or like a yes yeah, something like that and then after it arrives at site uh, you have to deal with uh, the construction uh, you have mm. to install this this equipment and it will uh, it will uh have more uh i think I, I would say that like the the construction issue at site is also interesting because you can never know what will happen at site uh whether you have uh like uh most most of the issue at site is uh, more to the welding welding issue and also the the most important thing is about the preservation yeah because yeah, yeah yeah, preservation is very important because no matter what you define the best materials at the beginning, but if it is not preserved correctly, then you can uh, get corrosion as well. So this is something that we can prevent, but um, we have very limited control because uh, there is another uh, uh, party or uh, team that uh, has to look after uh, this reservation thing. So you, you, you have to maintain a very good relationship with, with our uh, project team. And after that, uh, hydro test, uh, before you commission, you have to test all the, uh, uh, the wells. Uh, you have to check the integrity. And uh, after that, if it is okay, then you can commission the system and go to the operation. So that, that's probably uh, um, uh, the overall uh, process where the materials engineer have to be involved from the beginning until uh, until end of the project stage. So yeah, I think I hope that your friend will listen to this podcast and understand why <laughs> it's for you still here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yes, you can develop a good material selection. I think until uh, and also specification until uh, the, the the equipment is fabricated, but you never know along the way. There's always there's always an issue with with that whether uh, you put the you cut the materials wrongly or you put the 
painting system not correctly, like a premature corrosion, preservation, so a lot of things going on, which probably yeah, uh, actually, I I I accidentally uh, saw a picture yesterday in the LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So it's like a drawing of the horse. So they said that like in the conceptual phase, uh, it was the the back side of the horse. So the was it the 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 back leg. The yeah. back leg draw is good. And then when they start like a construction, mm-hmm. so the the front leg is getting worse worse. <laughs> and eventually, like they put like a like yeah like a kindergarten uh, drawing on the head side. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can imagine like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. I think that's a good analogy, Alfina. Yeah, I, I'll try to find a drawing and share it with you. <laughs> but yeah, just, so, do you want to yeah, so pe- yeah, people say uh, work as imagined is not always the same that uh, work in the in at, at the real, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, do, so, Badian, do you think the construction is the most challenging part from overall the materials that you know process that you mentioned? Because it seems like the most challenging or uh, uh, something that not or surprises happens in during construction. And do you have suggestion how to minimize this uh, surprise for in terms of material? I think I think it's not really I mean like because every every stage uh, has their own challenge, but when we talk about the construction, um, probably uh, because the, the 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 most challenging uh, I can understand because the the pressure at site uh, during the construction is very very. Uh, uh is a it's it's not a nice situation when you are in a high pressure situation and i think why it is challenging because uh we talk about the 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 schedule of the project so i i i can uh i have a lot of sympathy with 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 my friends uh uh who has to to do the construction work but uh how to minimize this i think with uh, a good or early communication uh, within the team so with with the engineering construction and commissioning and other and, and also the um the support from uh from our uh management as well so i think we can minimize we we, we have to work as a one team i think for uh preventing the surprise yeah yeah Okay. Okay. I think we the time is almost up. I think we would like to ask you the last question. I think, uh, do you have any message or advice for the fresh graduate uh, engineer or somebody who just uh, graduated from the university? What will be the best thing that they have to learn after, or they need to learn? uh to be uh, a good material engineer wow. the, the maybe, yeah, Sorry, the... philosophy question <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think um 
because when I when I graduated from university, I I had no idea about uh about the work uh I mean working environment. So I think as a fresh graduate, uh you you must have uh 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 you you must be very enthusiastic i mean to face the 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 working world um to get the job uh but one thing that you have to uh to hold on is the this is about the integrity this is about how you work with people uh mm. when you are in a difficult situation this is about how you can communicate your your idea how about when you negotiate with people uh so but again uh i think uh uh honesty integrity uh that's uh, that's very important so if you because as a first grade weight you 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 are not familiar with your uh new environment and don't be afraid don't be afraid to say i don't know i will go back to you 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 have a lot of a lot of source in your in your office uh you can talk with your uh, mentor you can talk with your colleagues you can ask but uh never uh give what you call it uh, i think in bahasa we call it like harapan palsu or you want to to be you want to look good yeah yeah like something like that but i think i think uh, uh as a fresh uh, great engineer you have to be uh honest and don't be afraid to to ask to get uh, uh advice from from other people yeah so be genuine yeah be genuine yeah yeah <laughs> if you yeah. don't know and say i don't know <laughs> but 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 you have to to find out how uh how to find the answer not just i don't know and then <laughs> that's that's good that's very good yeah actually It's not only for the fresh graduate. I think sometimes when we move to new place, also we trying to yes. show to others that we know this kind of thing. Uh, we we do not be ourselves. Yeah, that, yes. that's, that's... yeah. And 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 uh, I think joining the community like NACE is a great idea because you will uh, get uh, more knowledge and experience uh, from others too. So it's not just limited to uh, to your uh, office environment because as a fresh grade, as I said, uh, you have knowledge, but what you don't have is the experience, and you can never mm. beat experience. How uh, no matter how smart you are from the university with the cum laude, but um, you don't have the experience, and you have to find it, and uh, it's not a an instant process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. I think people say the the more you know, the more you realize that the less you know about everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very true, Richard. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you very much, uh, Dian, and thank you very much, Basina, for your time, and thanks for our listener too. If you enjoy this podcast, um, please listen to the podcast and share podcast in your network and we hope that you find this podcast useful and support you in your professional engineering work.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share this podcast to Spotify link. I hope that you find this podcast are useful in support you and your professional engineering work. If you have question or feedback to us, let me know. You can send us email at rmbasary@mtu.edu or msulaiman@gmail.com. Thank you all and wish you all the best.